the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chatting uh, have some fun now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary here's rob black on the wall street business network I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, invested in more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Let's talk a little real estate. Real estate can be kind of an interesting way to accumulate wealth. I think when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, in that age, I started hearing stories about people who got wealthy from real estate, from oil, from inheritances, from starting tech companies. And like when you're in that age, pre-20, you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to inherit well. Mom and dad are poor. I, I don't do math well, so I'm not going to start a tech company. So you start thinking like, I, I can buy real estate. And then you, you, you're watching Dave Letterman, it's 1230 at night, and you fall asleep and you wake up and you see these two midgets selling real estate. Hey, look at us. We're with these big, busty women in Hawaii, and we're living a great life. You know why? Because we bought real estate. And then I go back to one of the very first films that scared the urine out of me. was the Amityville Horror Show. There's a real house in Amityville, New York. Car salesman and his wife and two daughters and two sons were found shot to death in 1974. The only surviving member of the family who called the police to report the slayings was being questioned by the police. The whole Amityville, get out. If your house ever talks to you, get out. Don't be, don't be a stupid Caucasian. Well, gee, we paid a lot of money for this house. If the closet's shaking, get out. If you find like a, a nest of, of vipers that you have removed, and then a week later they're back, get out. Now, here's the, the, the twist on the Amityville Horror House. It's a real house. At one point in time, it was bought for like 220000 And after all the people died and they were shot in it, it was on sale for 80000 
you can find some good bargains if you can get a house that's haunted, right? Let's bring in the one, the only, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. A lot. Good morning. A lot of movie companies can't be Disney. They can't come up with the Avengers. They can't come up with the next Marvel movie and the next uh, Jedi movie that's going to make billions and billions of dollars. It's any horror movies. Horror movies have a very low cost of talent. Typically, they're teenage kids. But it's got a big return. A $25 million box office is a huge home run for a horror movie. A lot of horror movies have haunted houses. Or you're in your own house. What do you think that is all about as a real estate person? Why are they going after... Uh, it's something very personal to you. It's your personal. it's your safe zone, exactly. and it's you know the horror there is that you know you've you can't be safe even in your own home. I mean, that hits home to everybody, right? So if tonight you hear the garage door opening and closing, if the sprinklers come on and they're not supposed to, if a pig-like creature has red eyes and is staring at you, <laughs> it's not your puppy. Get out. So anyway, um. There are other horror stories with real estate, though. Like, I know of one that a friend of mine was selling real estate in New York, and he did an open house. And the guy who, the apartment was previously owned by someone who died in it. And he sat in the house rotting for two months. So the sink was unbearable. Ah! And he was trying to figure out, what do I do at this open house? Like, what do you tell people there's a stink you don't. You you have to you know figure out some way to get rid of it. You know, it's funny that smell is one of the first things that you notice in a house, and it's you know it it creates that first impression. So he was lucky enough. A neighbor comes in and goes, "I want to put an offer on this house because I know how, I know the old guy died in this house and brought it or something like that." So a neighbor kind of blew it, and I did that myself recently. Um, house next to me is for sale. The guy who owned it died. At Christmas last year, his wife, like six, seven years earlier, had basically drank herself to death. She had yellow eyes from jaundice. So I was doing a little bit of yard work last weekend, and there's an open house. And they're like, what happened? How long has this house been empty? And I was like, oh, boy. Do I tell them the truth or not? You spilled the bees, didn't you? Oh, of course I did. So I couldn't possibly not. They're like, why are you trimming trees in the backyard? I'm like, oh, because we have rats that come up from uh, the creek. <laughs> just just letting you know what's coming. Awesome. If I kill them, they're coming to your yard. And if you kill them, they're coming to my yard. So I was trimming some trees because rats like to climb. I can't see any benefit in you trying to lower the price. <laughs> <laughs> There's no benefit. Realtor's like, why isn't anybody buying this house? <laughs> oh, because I put... So is the horror I story bought- that you live next door to this house? No, I just... I think the horror story is some... Um, <laughs> I've known a lot of people die in their houses. Isn't that odd? Do you remember in Alexandria, Virginia, one of my neighbors had a heart attack in the shower? And it was fascinating because when I went into the house at some point in time, I saw things like um, the shower had handles on it because he couldn't stand up. So he was like, but he was like my age. But he, he basically died in the shower. Yeah, my parents are at the age where their friends are passing away and their last two friends that passed away died in their house. With you know, It happens. With that said, um, another good horror story is how real estate real estate agents, sometimes you think they're fiduciaries, but they're not sometimes. They don't act that way. And uh, I heard of one real estate agent calling another agent and said, we take my client's offer. I know they offered 6000 less, but I know they'll pay full price if you, if you basically counter offer with a full price, take deal or no deal. So he blew his client's 
were trying to sneak in, get for $6,000 less, and he basically ratted him out. He wanted the deal. He was willing to backstab other people, including his own clients. Yeah, you, you I assume it was a dual transaction, right? Where, or, yes. Right, and, and, you know, he's dipping both ends and trying to get the deal done, and um, sometimes it backfires on you, but, you know, for a, a realtor, you know, if you're looking at 25 or 3% on one end and 25 or 3% on another end, I guess it doesn't matter two or 3,000. You just want the deal to go. Um, I don't know if that's a horror story. I think that's the reality that uh, you don't know who you're working with. Um, I think you have to be careful in, in real estate everywhere you go. Um, you're going to have, there's things are going to happen. Um, stuff happens. Uh, you know, we've had people lose their jobs in the middle of transactions and, and they lose their deposit because they now they can't qualify for the house because they lost their job. It's, you know, there there are things that happen that you just can't control. Well, there's another one I could tell you, a good horror story. There was a mall that was built in South China. It was completed in 2005. It was set up for 2,300 stores. It had 9.6 million square feet of space. Do you know what the occupancy rate was? 10, less, maybe? Less. Less than 1%. Uh-huh. Less than one half of 1%. So they never got people to set up stores. So the real estate just completely caved, as you would imagine. And the reason I bring that up is a lot of people make assumptions like, oh, I'm going to buy a duplex. I'll have renters in one half. I'm going to live in the other half. Make an assumption. When they built this mall, they assume that they're going to get good good uh, renters and tenants in it. And sometimes it just doesn't happen that way. No, it, it doesn't. And, you know, that's why we go through all of the, the motions of inspections and appraisals and, and you do the rent surveys and, and you, you work with professionals that can help you figure it out. Doing it on your own. And that's the one thing about real estate is, is you kind of need a mentor, uh, just if you, especially if you're an investor. Buying a, a house that you live in, that's more of a personal choice. Uh, yeah. But when you start investing, that's where this, you start seeing a lot more horror stories. And that's where you get, get kind of bad luck too because a lot of the mentors they're in it for the transaction and, and they don't really care if you make money or not but they'll talk about how great they are and they'll talk about how much money they're worth but it's all from paid seminars and not from real estate per se so be very very careful out there it's a scary real estate world I'm Rob Black he's Tony Mendez you can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So open houses are kind of interesting way of approaching real estate. Um, you've probably heard Julie Geyer on the station before. She's a realtor that I've worked with to buy a home. And I found her by going to an open house, which is kind of interesting because you would think, like, maybe I'd get a referral from someone. Nope. Went to a couple open houses, and I always thought the people who did the open houses were, like, the lowly real estate agents. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, the head guy, Bob doesn't have time to do it. He just, he's a closer. When when you're ready to, he'll bring people in he has the contacts. He'll get the deal done kind of thing. I always thought like the people who are the house handing out literature. Hi, I'm, I'm Carol looking to buy a home. What you looking for? Like she's interviewing you because she knows that you're kind of interviewing her in a way. Um, open houses are kind of funky. 
Sometimes you go into a house and you're like, they want you to take your shoes off. Sometimes they don't want to just take off your shoes. Sometimes it's their furniture. Sometimes you open the closet and you see all their goods. Sometimes it's professionally staged. One of the better uh, open house stories that I've heard was about, it had been on the market for a long time. So the owner had turned off all the utilities, essentially. Um, water, electricity, and everything. So a mom and her kid come in because she's, she's a single mom and she's thinking, you know, maybe this will be the house where Junior can have his own room. And, uh, I, I want to take a guess on what he did. Oh, it was a big one. Yeah, it was a big one. <laughs> or no, or a big two. <laughs> it, was a, it was a big old dump. And uh, ah! real estate agent, the kid just basically ran. The kid and the mom basically, the mom screamed, ran, and got out of the house. So the real estate agent had to figure out what to do with a big old pile of turd in the toilet. You know, kids, sometimes you go, I didn't think you could poop that much. <laughs> this was that. It was that like yeah. So the real estate agent ultimately goes to the neighbor's house, gets a bucket, fills yeah. water. But it's a pretty good story. It is. Um, I know it, people who made <laughs> love in someone else's open house. Yeah. Open houses, um, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. You know, my uh, friend of mine who's a realtor, he got into business about, I don't know, about six, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, which was the right time. It was There was a lot of transactions and slow down now, but, you know, home prices are up, so you don't have to do as many. But he his way of getting into business is he worked for free. Okay. Okay. And he, he worked for a high-producing agent, and he said, I'll do all your open houses. I'll sit in your open house, and I will... You know, talk to people, show them the house, and I'll get to know it. I'll do all the work with you. But he got to meet all of the potential buyers. Yeah. So that was that was his niche into the um, you know starting his first transactions. But uh, you know what you need, you need to get some money right away, and that's that was what he did. My brother did the same thing. Okay. So. Yeah. You can see how that works, right? You know, yeah. you, you you you. The nice thing about Julie Geyer and the you know how I stumbled into the house, it was 2007, right when real estate was really really struggling. Essentially, 2006, 2007, starting to fall apart. And she showed us probably, I want to say, 50 houses. Wow. Um, in about a two month period. And it was like, everything was just slightly wrong. Like, oh, you can, this one, we like, we like this one, but it has a cracked foundation and you take it as is. And I'm like, oh, I can't do it. Can't put my family in a house that may fall down in an earthquake. You know, it's funny that you, you say that. I, when I bought my first house, I probably saw about 30 houses. Right. And, you know, I felt bad for the realtor after a while. But when you look at it, you, you look at today's uh, real estate market and, and just the lack of inventory right now. Uh, realtors must kind of like enjoy the fact that they don't have so many houses to show a buyer. You, okay. say, you have like three Oh, I can see where you're going. This. You know, and, yeah. and they don't have to do it. No offense. I know you guys do a lot of work. We, you know, I work in a real estate office. Um, so I know how much work goes into the transaction, but you're not doing as much driving and showing. And, and it's, it's almost like you go through clients faster because there's, you, there's just no, no many choices. If you can survive. If you can survive. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's a pretty thin, thin area as far as inventory goes is what you're saying. But I hear you. I hear what you're saying. And, uh, for the record, so Julie showed us probably 30, 50 houses. Um, I stopped going. I just wasn't interested anymore. I, I was burned out on getting turned down. I was burned out on seeing houses that weren't quite right. I was burned out on like, oh, I can live on the side of a cliff. <laughs> I'm like, I've seen that. I, I've seen that thing on Netflix where the guy sleeps at a, a sleeping bag on the side of Mount Everest. I'm like, no, no, I, I, it ends badly for me on a cliff. I'm like, there's a no. Right. You you actually did the right thing. You moved and rented in the city that you wanted eventually buy yeah. in. So you got to know the you got to know the schools. You got to know the the community. The and you go, you know what? And you and you 
you run, I know you run a lot, so you probably run up and down the street. You're like, this is the street I want. Yeah. And and it just happened there was a house that popped up on that street on I think it was Easter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Easter. Yeah, yeah. And you and you you put the offer in on Easter and it, accepted it, which they probably shouldn't have. You know, in retrospect. Well, it's even more fascinating when you hear my side of it. So Julie Geyer calls us on Tuesday and says, "There's this great house coming up. It's on the street that you like. Uh, it's priced right." And uh, they're doing an open house on Easter. And she said, here's what we're going to do. She said, you're going to write a letter. You're going to put a picture of you and your beautiful children in the letter. And you're going to say, you know, you lived in this house for 50 years. and You raised kids. And we want to do the same exact thing. I'm like, that's fine. I want to make a lot of money and flip it. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say that. Um, so she said, here's the letter. You know, and she basically wrote it for me kind of thing. Um, we put in a, a pretty good offer. Wednesday. Yeah. And we said, your family's flying in. Go have Easter with your family. They're from Texas. Have a nice Easter. Say goodbye to the house. No open house. Had there been an open house, that $925,000 house would have gone for about $1.3 million. Yeah. So on one level, my realtor was kind of sneaky. She got me in the house. She got out of my world. She got out of my life kind of thing, which probably worked well for her because she was tired of showing houses kind of thing, but. It worked out well. I think I was the last house that went for under. It was listed at nine fifty. We got it for like nine twenty five. Yeah, it, it was the right time, you know. And and you're not the only one who's had a story like this. Um, uh, and we're seeing a little bit of that right now in the higher end homes. Anything like one point eight, maybe higher, especially on the peninsula. Uh, you know, they're sitting a bit longer. I think some people, you know, some price reductions. Um, but it is also one of the fastest growing markets as far as sales, uh, just because we don't have them. You know, the the un- affordable remember, housing. Remember how I told you the house inventory is for sale? Yeah, yeah. 1,600 square feet. It's going to go for $2.2 million. Wow. It's being listed. And it'll probably be te- tear it's down. Being listed right? as, it's being listed as $1.6 million, and the realtor's bragging he's going to get 600 over asking. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. I'll do my best. I'll, I'll plant some termites there. <laughs> More rats. More rats. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He gets loans done. He just did my loan, my refi. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. One of the things that I do when I look at real estate, and I don't buy a lot of homes, I'm not that guy, trust me, is... I don't look at it as like, oh, it would be so cute to live here. I don't look at it from, oh, the school system is so good here. I'm looking for legitimate problems. Lights that flicker. Maybe rats have eaten electrical cords upstairs. I'm looking for like, uh, when you go in the bathroom, is the floor solid or is it a little spongy? Have they got water under the linoleum? Is it about to cave in? I walk around the foundation, look for cracks. I'm looking for problems. I'm not looking for like happiness. I'll poke my head in the attic to see if there's uh, insulation that's been chewed on. So you always should have someone with a set of eyes that isn't romantically tainted. Like, this is going to be our first home and we're going to make love in every room. You don't want that person with you. 
Well, you kind of do, but for a different reason. <laughs> but that's off the topic. Um, real estate horror stories. How about mortgages, Tony? Um, you ever find like someone comes to you and says, "I need a refund. I need. I need a mortgage. I need a." And you're like, "Okay, what type of house are you looking for?" And they're like, "One million dollars." And then you look at their income and like, "You ain't gonna qualify for that." No, well, I, and that happens all the time. Um, you know, that's part of the job. You know, qualifying people. Um, you know, what is it, they call it? Champagne glasses and, right. and beer taste or something like that. Uh, but, you know, I'm working with a client right now who, you know, he owns, you know, a lot of people are locked into their homes. You know, where we're seeing a, a lot of people trying to step up, you know, they're trying to yeah. upgrade, you know, whether the house or their neighborhood or both. And they're finding that, you know, those neighborhoods are a little bit more expensive. And, you know, they have a lot of equity in their house, but they're having trouble selling their house the f- first and then mm-hmm. buying a house or doing a contingent. And they're, they're real tricky. Spe- though, it's it? tricky, but it can be done. It's it's the common way to do it. That's the what you do. It's just it's not common practice right now because of the environment. And um, you know, there's the this particular client has no money down. He has to take money out of his house to get the money before he sells the old house, just so he can get the new house. And then it just just the numbers don't pan out because now he owns two houses. Um, but we run into those those scenarios all the time. My favorite uh, horror story with a mortgage was a. And it, it really wasn't about the mortgage. It was about the house that uh, he was buying a house. We got him approved. We got the appraisal. Everything was fine until the neighbor decided to call the county. And uh, next thing you know, an inspector showed up and said, mm, that's unpermitted. That's unpermitted. That's unpermitted. And put a cloud on the property and and a twenty five thousand dollar cure. Yeah. And uh, fortunately, you know, we, we, we were to work it out with the county where the guy said, OK, I'll sign this piece of paper that says I will pay twenty five thousand dollars if I don't fix this stuff in six months, for example. Okay. And it basically, the basement was converted into a, uh, a second unit, and uh, the neighbor decided that he wanted to call it out, so that he was mad at his neighbor and for selling his house, or just mad at his neighbor and was taking this as an opportunity to get back at him. So it, there's a lot of things that can neighbors are great. Our neighbors, neighbors, unpermitted additions are very. We, you know, we have a a, a, a client who's doesn't want to do a refinance because he's afraid he has some unpermitted work in his house and he's afraid that it's going to somehow get back to the county and it's going to trigger a reassessment no it's not a reassessment it'll trigger a cloud just like this other guy and basically a cure um and you know well i I got one of those stories in my family um a family member always he had an old old rancher house and he lived in it his whole life and ultimately he was a tinkerer He's like, let's put on an extra room. Let's put on a garage. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. Let's put on, and he, he did some nice upgrades, but he turned like what was like a two bedroom, one bath house, and he did good. He put in his own le- le- leech field, I think it's called, because mm-hmm. they don't have the proper plumbing, but he didn't, yeah. he didn't do it quite right. <laughs> Stinks a little bit. Um, well, there's some sponginess in the backyard, <laughs> and that spongy would be fecal matter. Um. So he did a lot of unpermitted work, and then he he wanted to get a refi. Uh-uh. Didn't assess for what he thought it was going to assess for. He 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 wanted to assess for a four-bedroom, two-bath house, but it's only going to assess for a two-bedroom, one-bath uh, house, unless you get, this, a, unless you get a permit. Just, and it's not just refinances where it can cause a problem. It's selling the property, because now you have to go with public records. Now, you might list it as a four-bedroom house, but public records say two. So when that person gets a loan, they're going to have to appraise it and use comparable property sales that are only two two bedrooms instead of four. So it, it causes a problem down the road. Always get permits. It, it 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 pays you back in the long run. You know the thing about permits that I hate? 
is um you have put, you put your name on it and um there's too many websites now that you can type in someone's name in their city and it's public record a permit um so suddenly yeah. people know where you live yeah and that that's a little bit worrisome yeah you know? and that's why you have a trust when you have a trust you list the property as like um the house is at xyz so well, the thing about a trust is you also, uh, most of the people I see is the, you know, like m- my last name is Mendes and my trust would be called the Mendes Family Trust. You could just. You can name a trust anything you want. Of course. But most people, the, most of the trusts I see are the family name trust, which is, is interesting because you can just look up the family. <laughs> so if you're trying to hide something, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Another horror story switching gears ever so slightly. Um, did I, did I finish that story? I think so. Okay. Good. Good. Is um, you know how I bought a second home and you helped me get a, a mortgage on that, and mm-hmm. you just helped me get a refi on it. So when you go for a walk with a dog, at the end of the street, there's a, a driveway that says "private driveway, no trespassing." So do you know what the assumption is now from mm-hmm. the neighbors who talk? Oh, the the drug house. It's a meth house. Yeah, yeah. And the, I'm I'm like, why don't we call the police? And she goes, No, no, no. The police know about it. They're waiting to get enough evidence to raid it. Hmm. Interesting. Um, they want to get like numbers of license plates of people who go in, who come out, kind of thing. Like they're they're setting up the sting essentially. Um, I found I found that kind of interesting, but yeah, there's a math house. Like it's it's twenty houses away, and it's 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 probably almost half a mile away, three quarters of a mile. Yeah, I can uh, see. I mean, that that kind of traffic uh, could be a horror story in itself. Yeah. You know, I'm on the wrong street. How do I don't know these guys are drunk, but that's what dog gets out. Kid gets out. Someone on meth drives through your neighborhood flying. It's the perfect cover. Hiding in plain sight. That's that's the whole new thing about drug dealers. There's a house. Yeah, there's a house in San Carlos that did that. Um, It's known as that's the house that was raided by the FBI. Well, the the other horror story that happened in San Carlos was the guy who found uh, they found the um, radioactive material in the house. Yeah, yeah. that was this year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was recent. Yeah. Yeah, so he he was a nuclear scientist. He brought his work home with him. Uh, whoops. So, <laughs> kind of thing. Christmas lights, right? That's he was trying to get it to glow during Christmas. What I like about it is all the kids being born in that neighborhood now all have like three arms, and that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna help when you play baseball. Halloween, right? An extra arm goes a long way in sports. Great costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old meth head house. So how often, I, you, you and I chat basically every day or a lot often. Sometimes we take breaks from each other because that's normal and healthy. Um, one of the stories that you talked about was a guy who wanted to buy a second house, and he had been approached with by growers. Uh, to, people wanted to use his house to you know, grow marijuana. Um, illegally, I guess, is the right idea, but now that's a little bit more illegal in the state of California. All right, all right, all right. Um, how often do you have to like take? You're telling me too much information, kind of thing. Um, yeah, this uh, you, you got it a little bit right, a little okay. bit wrong. Um, this particular guy wanted to buy a, a large acreage and um, grow uh, you know, marijuana on it, okay. and, and put a house on it, and do this this whole thing. Was and, he trying to say that's going to be the income of the house? Um, no, no, it, that's a different type of loan. Okay. I mean, he was just doing a, trying to do a regular transaction and then, um, you know, but the, the, the actual permits were there to do this, but the seller didn't want it. The seller retained part of the property. Okay. And they didn't want to over, you know, kind of look down at this. So, you know, there's, there's some things like that that can happen where, uh, you know, the, 
Well, oh yeah, you, I, I see. The, the other property, yes, that was the one up in. Um, yeah, I don't want to say the city. The yeah. It was up in the hills in the East Bay, and and I I truly think that the guy was going to. He said he was going to grow one thing, and I think he was going to grow another, but. Um, he needed a lot of water. He needed a lot of water. On the side of a hill that wasn't really zoned for a lot of water. Right, and it would have to be trucked in. And uh, Very interesting story, but um, you know, when you think about it, you, you, you have all these neighbors that kind of come together and say, you know, this is the way we want our neighborhood to be, and you don't have an HOA, and this guy can pretty much do what he wants, as long as it's permitted and the county allows him to do it. So um, that's the beauty of HOAs in some cases, and PUDs, you know, planned urban developments, and it, it does create some consistency and some, you know, security in in your property. I, I love PUDs. I mean, I, I have two homes that are in, in urban developments. Okay. And I, I enjoy the fact that I get a phone call every once in a while. I goes, you know, your your tenant isn't isn't parking correctly. And I'm like, okay. You know, then I get to call the property manager and take care of it. And But if it's not like that, I mean, they could park on the grass. They can, you know, paint the house pink. You know, my dad I mean, once called the police because I was parked two feet from the curb. And I mean, yeah, and 18 inches, I think 18 so, inches yeah. is the right thing. He actually called the police on me. <laughs> good you dad. Respect my authority. <laughs> a good, I mean, that's a good dad. He's teaching you a lesson, I suppose. Right? <laughs> Cops came to my house yesterday. What for? Um, I, I thought I was being swatted. Like they, they literally came in my backyard. Turns out my neighbor's alarm went off and no one was there. So they were trying to figure out, can they jump over my fence to get to his yard? Oh, you're talking about the people behind you. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. The big uh, monster house that has oh, yeah, solar yeah. panels on it. So, which is another thing. Cute neighborhood, no longer cute. Everyone does teardowns, and that's something to think about with real estate. Things do change. So, yeah. You once bought in town, and it becomes a city. You once bought in a city, and it becomes a megapolis. Um, lots going on with real estate. Tony gets deals done. I signed paper on Wednesday for a refi. It's important to get this stuff kind of like concept out there. Um, it was a short process, all things considered. Like, yeah, I mean, lenders are getting a lot easier to work I'd with. say 30 days beginning to end, and they gave me a big chunk of change with your help. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I use an app called Credit Karma. It allows me to instantly see, I'm guessing my credit score, but Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, has said it's really not the credit score we're looking at. It's close, it's similar, but it's not quite. I'm like, oh, too much information. I'm bored now. But there's a little truth to that, right? There is. Uh, they, they use different credit score models. I think it's called Vantage Score 9 or something like that, or Vantage 9. Okay. Uh, but you can access, it's not just Credit Karma, but you can, you know, all the credit card companies um, give you one of the Experian, TransUnion, or XFAX uh, access. But it's it's not just your score. It's about monitoring your credit and being active with your credit. Uh, it's something that you and I grew up, we didn't have this. And credit was a mystery. Uh, It's one of the reasons that credit scores have gone up since 2005 to today up to, I think, the average mortgage uh, credit score is 723. That was below 700 back then. So credit scores are increasing, and it's it's because of the access that we have today. 
Which is good. Um, the thing that I like about Credit Karma, and this is kind of stupid that I'm admitting this, um, I was recently putting together a budget, and I wanted to see where I stood on all my credit cards. Um, am I carrying balances? Am I not? Is mm-hmm. everything paid off? Kind of thing. Um, sometimes my travel card gets a little bit hefty. Sometimes my double cash gets a little bit small. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I was looking at all my benefits and what rewards I had, and um, Credit Karma shows me all my credit card balances. And typically, for me to t- put together my budget, I'm like, okay, I got to go to Bank of America. What's my password? Now I got to go to Chase. What's my password? Oh, now I got to go to Capital One. What's my password? And um, it's a pain in the butt. So Credit Karma actually does a nice job of that. But um, how to get a good mortgage? Have a good credit score. That's kind of a weird thing is that, you know, house right next to you, can ha- you know, guy has bad credit and he pays a lot more for the same square footage that you have. Um you know, find out your credit score, Credit Sesame, Credit Karma, Credit.com, Free Credit Repair, uh, Free Credit Report.com. Annual Credit Report.com as well. Yeah. So there's plenty of them out there. Yeah. Well, if you're sitting around looking at interest rates that are hitting near three year lows, close to six year lows, and you want that credit, that, that interest rate, you're going to have to have a good credit score. I mean, it'd be a shame to have, uh, you know, a destroyed credit and not be able to get these low interest rates. And I think that that's one of the things. That's the same thing with buying a house. Yeah, you know, we're watching affordability in, increase and improve because, you know, interest rates have dropped almost one and a quarter percent from their highs and recent highs that, I mean, you want to take advantage of that. And credit score plays a huge part in that. Right. Now, I was always under the assumption I was 16, 17 years old, like, oh, I'll get a housing and urban development loan and I'm going to buy a low cost home. I'm going to, I'm going to, I always thought it was going to be like there was a program out there for me. First time home buyers, VA loans, USDA loans, Department of Veteran Affairs, um, FHA loans, all foreign to me. I know nothing about the whole system. I don't want to know about it. It's too intimidating for me. How about for you? Not, not so. It's, um, these are the programs we do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis for a multiple amount of different kinds of people. And that's what they're there for. They're, you know, VA, I believe is one of the best loans you'll ever get. A zero down, uh, zero percent down up to, I think, 726,000 in most counties around the Bay Area. And, and you don't have mortgage insurance. You have to pay an upfront fee. FHA's uh, got great programs too, where, uh, you can have low credit scores. You can have shorter wait times on, you know, credit events like foreclosures, short sales, bankruptcies. Uh, there's something for everybody out there, and that's really we, we talk about how par- products drive the market. Uh-huh. And right now we're in that phase where products drive the market. It's just unfortunate we don't have a lot of volume um, in general. Uh, the you know the refinance market is picked up, and it's and you know programs like this help a lot of people save money. There's trillions of dollars. We have the highest amount of tappable equity right now in and and. U.S. homeowners than we've ever had. It's like six trillion dollars, and it's growing every year since you know the, the recession. And uh, these low interest rates and programs together have helped people kind of manage their mortgage, and and hopefully that returns back into the economy. That's the the whole plan here with you know lower interest rates, trying to fuel the you know a little bit of inflation at some point. I saw some uh, recent study on how much how many trillions of dollars Americans have locked up in their homes. We could fuel the economy for a long time if everyone yeah. refied or if everyone sold their home at the same time. <laughs> Who would be the buyer or the renters? Here's the thing. Maybe we all sell our homes to the Russians. Move to Russia. And then we leave. And we don't tell them where we're going. <laughs> I once wrote a play about basically the devil sues God for kicking him out of heaven. 
He's like, I had these superpowers. Of course I was going to mess with people. Of course I wasn't going to be a nice guy. Um, he wants to get back into heaven because he doesn't want to live on earth with people. So he sues heaven and uh, ultimately he wins by a trick. But he gets up to heaven and everyone's gone. <laughs> so I know. What's that say? Ooh, God's dead or God moved on or something. Anyhow, um, other ways to get a good mortgage is does it help to have a bigger down payment to get a, bit, a good mortgage or down payment doesn't help at all? It does. Okay. Uh, it's one of the factors, you know, your credit score, the type of house, and the amount of equity or down payment that you put in the house. Those are the three main, uh, three main factors. Of course, qualifying, you know, with income. Y- income is either yes or no, but okay. down payment, the more down payment, the more equity, the, the lower the, what they call LTV, loan to value, okay. the, the better rate you can get. Yes. Understanding. Different- and also help you qualify. And some, some programs, you have to put a certain amount down in order to qualify. Points or no points? What what say you? Points, you can basically pay a little bit more costs on a loan, but you get a better rate, which that's should generally. save you money over time. Correct. And that's called the payback period. That yeah, right. little bit of time is called payback period. Um, generally, when rates are low, you, you don't want to pay too many points. When rates are high, you can pay points so you can manage that 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 um, interest rate keep it manageable and the same thing with you know using a 30 or fixed or an arm when rates are high you use the arms when rates are low you use 30 or fixed so paying points when rates are low can make sense but you can also achieve a much lower lower payment retirement's not just about maxing out your 401k it's not about starting a company it's not about managing the tax system sometimes it's about mortgages and um, saving money and having costs uh, that you can bleed through and save a little bit more and get in a little bit of appreciation, hopefully, is the case. You can find Tony and talk about your scenario by going to BayAreaLoanSource.com. If you want to check out some great new articles, we just put up a whole ton of them at NewFocusFinancial.com. It's NewFocusFinancial.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.